You know the expression, he who smelt it, dealt it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I think about these these guys. Yeah. You guys, we have this call sometimes with this person and I don't want to like blow anyone's spot up, but I have a feeling they don't listen to the podcast and they always call Casey Cassie. Yeah. And it's like, takes everything we've, and it's a person that like, I don't know, it just feels weird jumping in and correcting it. Well, I feel like, and this is like a lifelong thing for me because when you have an unusual name, you know, mm-hmm. as well, you've been called Whimsy by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> or my own OBGYN called me Busey. Busey. After, literally after seeing me for, I mean, years. Yeah. It's just one of those things that I think like you can correct someone so many times and then you just have to like give it up to like they're never going to remember. And I get it. Like people... If you're not solidly in someone's life, if you're like just two ships passing and you only run into each other once in a while, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of names to remember and I don't... Oh my God. I saw... Can I tell you what happened to me today? What? So guys, we're back in... We're back in LA. (laughs) I literally feel like it's really weird. Like I feel like I didn't ever leave. Yeah. It's really strange. I mean, I've been back since I moved to New York, but whatever. Anyway, here for a couple for a bit. And that's why you can hear the lawn being mowed. Obviously. And not, (laughs) and not the, and not the birds coming to get me in the the apartment building or the heater turning on or the like, should I just like, (laughs) does that sound right? Yeah. That's very, that's very Um, New York. No, but so we went to Ulta. I took the kids to Ulta today because I was like, I forgot my like CC cream that has SPF in it. Yeah, I like left it at home or something. I don't know where it is. I mean, yes, obviously I left it at home. Jesus, busy. Learned to tell a story. <laughs> anyway, so we went into Ulta and this woman that I know quite well, she's friends with, I mean, she's my friend's girlfriend. Right. For many years. Like I have been on vacation with her. Okay. She like came to Charleston for Merck's birthday last year. Okay. I know her. Yeah. But I like panicked about her name. Like I had like total panic and then I couldn't say her name out loud because I was like, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. It happens. But I knew her name. Yeah. But you, but for a second, you're like, you're not sure. I also, you know, have been in the past. I have like aggressively called people the wrong name. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yes. It's hard because I know that... Well, when I worked for Andy Cohen, he, there was this one person who we both, and I don't want to blow up their spot, but I think they intentionally called him the wrong name all the time. That's kind of hilarious. And, um, and, and not in like, the, just in a really, a way that they could have plausible deniability. Like, oh no, I really thought that your name was whatever, Billy or whatever they, but just called him the wrong name every time. And I was just like, and he, he would, could be a Billy. He could be, but he was always like, I think it's like so weird that this person doesn't remember my name. Like we've met several times. And I was like, knowing this person and I think knowing who they are as well as I think I do and how sharp they are and just all things considered, I was pretty sure that the person was doing it on purpose. Oh, I, but I also consider myself 
like a very sharp on it person for the most part, but then names sometimes just evade me. Yeah. I mean, that's totally normal. And I think that especially where what your job is. Well, wait, but also like if you have an unusual name, yeah, don't you find that it's sort of unfair? Because people oftentimes will remember your name, but like then you can't. I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if my and, name was just like, I don't know, Emily, then right. it would be different. Like, I'm sure many people would be like, oh, you know that girl. What's that girl's name? Yeah, Emily. Elizabeth. Right, right, right. Exactly. But then it's, yeah, like people who maybe we wouldn't remember each other in the same way, right? right. Like collectively would have a hard time getting the other person's name. Whatever. I, I think it know depends on about. how your brain works. I know that like my across the street neighbors who I lived and like lived across the street for like probably 14 years of my life and none of them, no one in the house, a big family, no one ever got my name. It, Kelly, Stacy, Tracy, they were so friendly and always said a hearty hi and hello to me. And it was always a surprise, like what they were going <laughs> to call me. I kind of like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I admire the confidence of just going for it. Um, I usually try to just, when I'm with someone that I kind of know, and then we run into like a third person, I always just introduce myself to that third person to get the other person off the hook for like remembering my name or how to pronounce it or whatever. Well, that's like, I do feel like being put on the spot sometimes is just the worst thing anyone's brain can have happen to it. It's tr truly like it's a pop quiz and like I'm not in school anymore. I can't do it. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. And I know that I have called people the wrong name before and I try really hard to remember, but it's hard. The more people that you meet, the more people that you're, you know, seeing every day. And I'm kind of like the person that like, I keep what I need to have in my mind for the time that I need to have it. And then mm -hmm. it's immediately like flushed out of my mind for mm -hmm. like the next information. So then if somebody like comes back, like if somebody left and I flushed their name from my mind and then they come back, then I'm starting at square one. So I guess that makes sense. You know, it definitely you, makes sense. You just, we, we have to cut people some slack, but also like, it's nice when someone makes an effort to get your name right. Yeah. For sure. Which is, you know, but it's also sometimes entertaining when someone gets your name wrong, when you have a weird name, like what, you know, well, being called Whimsy. I mean, that's about the funniest wrong name call I've ever heard. It was life. amazing. Matthew it McConaughey was... met Busy. Wait, do people don't, we know that. We, have we, we told, told it, it on, we told it on Busy tonight. We haven't but... told it on this podcast. I don't think so. Oh my God, you guys. It's my favorite. And by the way, let's see. This is our Oscar special, I guess. Yeah, so I guess in the so. In honor of the Oscars and the fact that, um, I guess, on the airplane out here from New York. So Mark and Birdie flew here uh -huh. last week. Okay. And Kirk, I took Cricket with me to Austin, Texas for South right. by Southwest. For South by Southwest. But anyway, on the airplane here, Mark texted me that Birdie was watching Brokeback Mountain. Oh, okay. And then I asked Birdie yesterday, I was like, hey, your dad said that you watched Brokeback Mountain. Did you like it? And Birdie was like, it was so weird. And I was like, what part was weird? And Birdie was like, I don't know. It's like watching 
Matilda like make out with Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was like, what? And then I realized that Bertie was like thinking that Heath looks so much like Matilda. Oh, right. Matilda looks so much like her dad. Her dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's a really good mix, but like, it's just, it's just so funny. I was like, oh yeah, I guess. And Bertie was like, yeah. And the scenes with Michelle, I like just couldn't like, I couldn't get into like that part with Michelle. So Bertie obviously never met Heath because he passed away when I was pregnant with Bertie. Um, I don't know why I'm getting weirdly emotional about it. Um, Yeah, of course. I mean, how could you not? Well, it's been a really long time and I don't know. I guess just the thought of like, my kid is not a kid anymore. Not a kid anymore. Yeah. You know, becoming like a person, human person, big person. Right. And making that observation that someone who is a baby now would be grown up, grown up enough to resemble her father strongly. That, yeah, that, and just like, yeah, the passage, I guess just the passage of time, right? Like, just like the, just the amount of time. Yeah. And you're back here in LA. Right. And it's Oscar season and we're talking about the, yeah. <laughs> the best, um, Best story of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Funniest fucking thing. (laughs) Which was that. Which was that. That year was really fun. We went, Michelle and Heath were both nominated for everything. Everything, you know. And because they were both nominated, you know, people don't understand that awards shows are very stingy with tickets. Because they sell tickets to them, right? Like to like um, the studios and stuff. Right. So like they force the studios basically to like buy tickets for people. Yeah. So even if you're nominated like for best actor as Heath was, best supporting actress as Michelle was and the movies nominated, you only get a plus one. You don't get like... You don't get additional right. tickets, I was, right? I was surprised that they weren't like, you're each other's plus well, one. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, but that <laughs> yeah. was the luck. That was the... The luck of that the year. The luck of that year and how this thing, like how this tradition came to be of me being Michelle's plus one. Right. Because Heath got a plus one and he always brought his agent, Steve. Always. Right. Um, I think because it just made it sort of in a way easier for him. You know, he didn't have to like pick a friend or right. a family member. Right. And then other people would feel left out. out you know, like right. he just had his, his agent would come with him to the shows. And I, would, Michelle picked, you know, wanted me there with yeah. her. I mean, we were kids. That's what's so crazy. Like as I, I guess that's part of why I just started crying. Like, like. I think Michelle was, I think we were, I think she was 25. Yeah. And I think I was 26. Yeah. Like we were just little, you know? Yeah. It was so long ago and it feels like, it feels like it wasn't at all. And then now my almost 14 year old child who we already discussed, guys, I know watches inappropriate content. (laughs) 
Shameless. Bertie was telling me another scene from Shameless today. I was like, kid, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't think that was of for your age. Right, right. But Bertie's like, what is for my age, mom? It's true. It's they, true. Bertie, they watched, like their class watched that school shooting on TikTok live. Right. The kid has a fucking point. Right. Like, why not Shameless? Right. At right. least it's fiction. Right. Yeah. My husband wrote a thing one time, I think for BuzzFeed, about how we let our kids watch whatever they wanted, but we watched it ahead and tried to talk, you know, um, talk to them and see like what was teachable moment versus like what was just kind of like garbage in, garbage out. But people were so mad. Like so the comment section was like, my husband was like, I'll never write anything personal again. Because like, here's the thing about my husband. He's a fucking great dad, you know? So to have people in the comment section of whatever publication this was being like, that's child abuse. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but it like shook him like what people had to say. But anyway, Back to the best story of all time. The best story of all time. <laughs> so anyway, so that's like the origin story in case you didn't know it of like how I became the constant plus one for Michelle when she's been nominated subsequently for so many, 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 many different I mean, awards. Like, um, practically everything she does. And that year was just really fun because... They were living here in LA. Matilda was a baby, oh, brand little, little baby. And it was just like, it was just kind of wild. Like they were living actually in like a bungalow at the Chateau. <laughs> oh, wow. It was just like very like classic Hollywood. Kind of. I mean, yeah. And we would go to like all of these, award shows and we were young. I mean, it's crazy. Like you look now at the actors. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing, right? Like how old was Jennifer Lawrence when she won? Like she was like 20. She was a kid. Like she still thought it was like, you know, she, she still thought it was fun and Oh yeah. Well, we you know definitely I mean? thought it was fun. Yeah. So, like it wasn't, it was all fun for her. Not it was all business. fun for us too. So yeah. we like go to like all these parties and there was this one party at, I think it was at Brian Lord's house who you guys know. Who, familiar. Yeah. Brian Lord is like the head of CAA, one of the heads of CAA. And um, he was married to Carrie Fisher, right? Yes. Because I mean, he's Billy Lord's, Billy Lord's dad. dad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's right. Because Billy was a little girl. Right. And I remember he was talking to Michelle about his daughter. And because, you know, they had, Michelle and Heath, because they had just had a baby. And like, I feel like we saw Billy's, I feel like he like showed us Billy's bedroom. Aww. Like, was like, oh, this is, you know, this is my, oh, I want to show you my, yeah. Oh my God. I totally, that's like a, I just remembered that. A recovered memory. A recovered memory from that party. <laughs> um, and it was just like the craziest, like the most celebrities per square capita that you could ever imagine. Like right. at those parties, like not even at the award shows, because the award shows are, there's just so much 
filler. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many other people there. Yes. Publicists right. and like, literal seat fillers. Yeah, like some and- of these like before parties and after party type things. It's just like you're sort of floored. At, yeah. Especially if you're me at age 26, <laughs> right? At like just, you know, oh my God. It's like, um, yeah, like Matthew McConaughey and Philip Seymour Hoffman and um, Madonna are like in that room, like all talking and like Selma Hayek walks through and right. then it's just truly nuts. Like the whole thing was nuts. I can't even like get a handle on how famous everyone was at that time. Like if they were new starlets or... It was like 2004-ish. But I'm at the age now where like I can read old gossip and it's new to me. Like I'm excited by it. I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot that happened. That's so exciting. So Matthew McConaughey was dating dating Penelope Penelope Cruz. Cruz. Mark and I were just dating. Like had just started dating. Not that long before. And we were all standing there. And the first thing that happened was that Madonna came up with Gaio Siri. Okay. And that was like wild. Also because Heath introduced Gaio Siri to us as David Blaine. (laughs) 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 Like... Not David Blaine. It was Gaio <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, if you don't know, Gaio Siri is like a big famous <laughs> manager. He's Madonna's manager. Yeah. And he's not David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> so we can already see the way the, the night was going. going. <laughs> okay. So that was like number one. And like that was my one. I mean, I didn't even... I like shut down when Madonna walked up. Like I didn't even like... I like just sort of kind of hid behind Michelle because I was like... You couldn't take it. No, I couldn't fucking take it. Are you kidding? It was insane. But then Matthew McConaughey came up. Um, I think Penelope... Yeah, Penelope Cruz was with him. And he started... <laughs> so like he was... Um, they were complimenting Michelle and Heath on the movie. Yeah. And like how wonderful their performances both individually and together were and how beautiful the movie is and whatever. And then, and he's just like always like very, you know, like deflecting like from himself, like, yeah. you know, back onto other people. Like yeah. he was just that kind of person. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Whatever. It's all bullshit. Um, you know, like, how are you? Like, how, yeah. how are you? How are you? How are you? And Matthew McConaughey like launches into this thing. Oh, but shit, I forgot the whole thing. So like right when they walked over, um, Heath introduced us to... Because yeah. he was always, like, he was so good about that. Like, he always made, um, especially, yeah, like, me and Mark or any of his friends that were around who, like, <laughs> weren't famous. Feel included. Feel included. Like, yeah. there's another story that I don't know if I've told on the podcast before, but it was the same season, the same awards yeah. season, where a famous guy like stood in front of me to talk to them. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, sorry. And I like scooted around him and then he turned and he was like, hey, do you think you could get us? And he asked me to like get them drinks. And yeah. then Heath was like, actually, that's our friend. It's, she doesn't, 
she's not working here. Like, <laughs> she's busy. It's our friend. Uh, um, and that same guy ended up stepping on me later in that award season. Of course. How could he have not have stepped on you later? I don't know. But that's not Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey is like a true charm ball, a yeah. delight. And Heath is like, uh, Fenelope, Matthew, this is busy, Monica. Yeah, you know Michelle, whatever. And so like chatting and then Heath's like, so what, what, are you good? Everything, you know, how are you? How are you? What are you doing? And Matthew McConaughey launches into this thing. He's like, well, man, I'm, I'm good. Life's good. Family's good. I got a beautiful girl on my arm. If my biggest problem is the paparazzi, I say, bring it on. <laughs> now, you might be like, busy, why do you remember that word for word? Because I had been watching Oprah, Avi, <laughs> Avi. like a few weeks earlier. And yeah. he said, word for word, the exact <laughs> same thing. And so as he was saying it, I was just like, I mean, it was JK living like to the Yeah. All extreme. right, all right, all right. It was, ext- and I was just like in so starstruck and so in love with like just this whole thing that I was like getting to just be the plus one of, yes. you know, and just like, oh my God, like the best thing ever. And so then he's, I was, you know, I'm just, my face is like, I'm a gog. And so then it's time for them to move on, like small chat. That's what, you know, small talk, whatever. And so he's like, well, Heath, Michelle, again, beautiful performances. Best of luck to you on Sunday. I'm rooting for you. Mark, it was lovely to meet you. Whimsy. <laughs> It was a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and then and then he turns and they walk away. And the look, I will just never forget the look <laughs> on Michelle and Heath's face <laughs> towards me after they turned around and Heath was like, well, we're like obviously calling you whimsy for <laughs> the rest of all time. And <laughs> Michelle sometimes still does call me whimsy. Like... <laughs> Like we do, it has become like this, you know, this crazy, <laughs> like it's lasted so long. Whimsy. 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 It was a pleasure to me. It's just like, you th- you can't even correct that because no, it was such a swing. you don't want to. No, I would never. It's like when a, little, when a little kid says something wrong, like when your kid says something improperly, but it's so cute and you never want them to learn what the real word is. Oh, you mean the, the way that Cricket has said Tropicanza for <laughs> Tropicana orange juice? <laughs> Literally her entire life. Uh, my older son, Eli, used to, when he wanted to be picked up, he combined it. So he was just saying puck. And we never watched it. Puck. 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 (laughs) Um, He still does it. 23 years old. (laughs) (laughs) What if you had to carry him around? Um, That'd be kind of fun. (laughs) I think I could. He's He's very thin, but long legs. That'd be the challenge, getting the feet up off the ground. Couldn't do it. Couldn't I couldn't do, do it. it. Couldn't do it. So anyway, that's my... um. So funny. Such a good story. Weirdly, weirdly too many tears already. <laughs> but it just... I don't know. That just was very... That just really hit me. Like, wow. Yeah. You're feeling like... Oh, yeah. Crazy. It's that time of year. It's that place. And it's so many years later. And yeah. 
and because you were Michelle's plus one to every award show ever, you were also there in the famous photo mm-hmm. in the moonlight, La La Land. Debacle. Debacle. Which we almost missed, you know, because we were going to go pee <gasps> and beat the crowd. Because I was like... you imagine? I mean, no, I can't. Oh my God. Whatever, whatever held us in those seats... I'm I so think her name is were... Mara Buxbaum and it was and it's Michelle's publicist who was like, it's one more award, you guys. Just wait. Oh my yeah, gosh. I, like we truly, we truly would have been so bombed. Like you the time we so missed bombed. like the time we missed Three Six Mafia perform because we had to go get drinks. Yeah. That was a bummer. Yeah. Such a bummer. Well, you learned a lesson and you stayed in that seat. For an it, iconic moment. An iconic moment. And I'm so glad you were there because you... It's an iconic photo of the crowd, but you gave the Oscar-winning face of that oh, photo. I really appreciate that. I give you the Oscar for your face in that photo. That's really, really kind. And I, <laughs> and I but you were like acting. It I was wasn't. just your real reaction. So I don't know what the equivalent of an Oscar is for a genuine reaction. I think that the thing that we're all learning is that I'm maybe just a better person than an actor. (laughs) 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 I may actually be better at just emoting IRL Mm -hmm. than than being an actor. Well, that's... Listen, that's a talent. Not a lot of people are good at it. Some people are not good at emoting their emotes at all. (laughs) That's true. That's That's very true. That's true. Modern fertility. Okay, listen, guys. I am not great at planning ahead on some things. Like, some things I'm good at scheduling months in advance. Some things I don't think about at all. I mean... Think back to sex ed. Like you probably learn how to prevent pregnancy, but then do they ever teach you how to plan for it? Okay, what if I told you you could get important fertility insight without going to a doctor or even leaving your home? I feel like knowledge is power. When you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, for your health, your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a kid, but for many women, their fertility is a very big question mark, which is why Modern Fertility was created. It's easy and it's affordable. um, And it's a great way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options. Here's the deal. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at $159, a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash best, you can get 20% off your test. So if you want kids today, maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. That means your test is gonna cost $139 instead of the hundreds or even thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. 
Get 20% off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. Modernfertility.com slash best. You know what I love? I love some self-care. I love my ginger essential oil. That's ginger with two J's. An all-natural high-quality essential oil with so many great benefits. I also have been loving Ginger's Rejuvenating Self-Care Kit. The best way to pamper one's self at home. It's a little cute pouch and it includes a bottle of my favorite ginger essential oil plus the tools to fit every need. When you need a mental refresher, you use the mini diffuser that comes with the kit. I mean, I'm obsessed with the scent of the ginger essential oil. Really clears you up. If you need to release any physical tension, there's the gua sha stone and you can use that with the ginger essential oil. I actually used that on my knee the other week and it really felt good. All it takes is one or two drops of ginger to relieve small aches and pains. It works so well. And not only does ginger make me feel great, it's easy to use. It comes pre-mixed with carrier oils, meaning it's safe to use directly on your skin. We want you to focus on your self-care too with ginger essential oil and check out their rejuvenating self-care kit. Right now, we have an amazing deal just for our listeners. 20% off your first purchase, but this is only available at our special URL, ginger.us slash best. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. Don't miss out. Again, that's ginger with two J's. J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. Well, anyway, I had such a... I. It's no wonder I'm crying. It's been such a week. Well, yeah, you were in Texas and you went to promote Girls 5 Eva uh-huh. um, on a panel, but you did a lot of other... Uh, Tried to like balance uh, yeah. with some social justice vibes yeah. stuff that I felt like and I mean it wasn't like it it's interesting like just I don't know I just want to say this because I I feel like it needs to be said they it's not incoming calls you know right to do to like get information about things that are happening in the world or where you're going like right. you have to actually do a bit of your own work and like your own research because the people who are on the ground fighting for the things that need like to be fought for, like just to live your life in a way that you want to live it. Those people don't have fucking time to be like, Oh my God, wait, is the girl from girls five Eva coming in town? Do you think like, you know what I mean? Right. So, I really did sort of put out like the word through like the contacts that I have with reproductive rights and then the, you know, what's happening with like the anti-LGBTQIA and specifically the anti-trans directive that Governor Abbott gave. I called my contact at the ACLU, Jess White's got on a call with them and yeah, we were like, what could we do? And we kind of like threw together a thing and we 
it was more just like informational. And I had Sarah and Meredith and Paula were able to come. It was such a bummer because Renee, like there's like a lot sometimes in this industry that is like very last minute. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And so some of the press stuff, like we didn't find out about the girls five have a press stuff specifically is what I'm saying. We didn't find out about until like two days before. Right. And Renee was singing. Renee had a concert in Dallas booked the Friday night before South, before our panel. Yeah. And then Saturday night after our panel. And Dallas is like a three hour drive. Right. And so she missed like, like basically like half of our press. Right. Because she had to leave to go back. And it was just hard to do it without her because she's so a part of our group. Right. And um, all of that to say, like after we had done this full day of press, then we went and met um, with ACLU of Texas and we met with um, one of the heads of Tent, which is like a transgender um, education organization out of Texas. Yeah. Um, Emmett was amazing. And then Audrey from ACLU, Texas. And then um, there was a little girl, Kai, who's 11 years old, um, and her mom, who were kind of a little bit at the forefront of like what's happening in Texas. And then Alok Menon was there because I think they were in town doing other South by stuff and right. was able to come by. And then I read Alok's post and I didn't realize that they were from Texas, which is wild to me. Oh, wow. Okay. And then um, there was this trans athlete activist who was very cool um, and who's like a, who's like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big deal. Um, Chris, what's Chris's last name? I can't remember. Wait, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> Sports. It gets me yeah. every time. Sports. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. By the way, everybody there was like freaking out about Chris. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> I always feel bad because I'm like, I know this person deserves to be my my best friend from school from my school days works in the professional sports arena. And whenever she brings me around to anything, I'm always like, I know that you deserve to be revered, all of you people here, but I don't know who anyone is. All kinds of important soccer players, football players, basketball players. Oh, Chris Moiser. Chris Moiser. Who, by the way, is a great follow, guys. FYI on Insta. Um, it's the Chris Moiser, M-O-S-I-E-R. Um, he, him. First trans athlete to make the men's Team USA, All-American, two-time national champion, Olympic trials, Nike. It's very cool. What's the sport? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Team USA. What is that? Team U- well, well, that's just I anything, I guess, huh? I think that's all sports. You guys. Kai Shapley is the little girl. Um, And her mother, Kimberly, was just um, like literally breaking my heart. You Mm. know, the truth of like what these politicians are doing by using 
real people as political pawns, right? Like, and we're like, oh yeah, that's what politicians do. Obviously we get that. But then, but then like it's real people who are being like terrorized and terrified. And this little girl who's like afraid that Child Protective Services is coming to school to right to get her her or her they have other children you know right. like who aren't trans like right. they could be removed from the home i mean right listen, well ACLU i mean, had a win on friday which essentially was a judge declaring that like they needed to put a stop to it for the time being but like they could appeal it and right and you know, Governor Abbott and the Attorney General made this recommendation, this declaration, based in no facts, no recommendations from any leading medical professional, like the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, like every every single expert in this subject is like gender affirming care saves lives. It does not, it is not abuse. Right, right. These, what was happening, like now, you know, after talking with people there, it seems super clear, like he was facing a really tough primary. Right. Governor Abbott. And (laughs) Audrey said this thing, from ACLU, Texas said this thing, which is that like, it's a like anti, oh God, like anti-trans, like legislation is a winner for politicians. Right. Because it's extreme and it riles up extreme people People. that feel like not enough is being done to make the world in the image that they approve of. It's the same with Ron DeSantis in Florida and his don't say gay. Don't say gay, which is like, it's no coincidence right before the primaries. Right. 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 And it's just like, it's it's just not a bill that needed to be passed. It's not anything that he should have wasted his time writing a bill about and and passing because it's just it just doesn't it doesn't need to exist but it's just fodder to get his base riled up and hopefully for him his I'm sure his hope is that they'll come out and vote for him because it really seems like he's doing something you know but meanwhile yeah we're terrorizing and traumatizing people just like you know people who are marginalized who like like marginalized people who by the way are already terrified and right. traumatized right by society because yeah. it's not like it it's just so well we're codifying the hatred like the the reason marginalized people are terrorized and traumatized is because people are unpredictable and so the role of government should be to make rules and laws to protect everyone Mm -hmm. so that they can live their lives. Mm -hmm. But instead, what these men are doing is they're making rules to assist bad people in terrorizing people that deserve to exist. Well, and here's the other thing that I want to say that I think holds for both reproductive rights, but more so for the 
legislation taking rights away from LGBTQIA, specifically trans individuals in our country. Politicians are banking on people's unfamiliarity with it. Right. That's what they're banking on. And I do think that there's something to it. I think that like, I think that some people don't even know what gender affirming care is. Guys, I'm giving my child gender affirming care, just FYI. Right. By saying that, yeah, of course your pronouns are they, them. The therapist that we have supports Birdie's like self-identification. Right. And how they view their gender. Right. I totally am in support of the way that Birdie views themselves. Right. That is actually gender supporting care. Right. There is also like, there is also some like hormone blocking, like puberty stuff Mm -hmm. that can be necessary. Right. um, For trans teenagers. Right. And in many cases, it is not just vital. I mean, it's like, it's necessary for their safety and mental health and well-being. Right. And, you know, trans kids are like, I don't know, like, you know, more likely to attempt suicide, to commit suicide. These are kids. And the most important detail of this is like, that care that a child is receiving, that medically endorsed, scientifically proven. backed and proven care, is none of our fucking business if it's not our kid. It's nobody's business. No. Again, like everything that we've been saying, it's just, it's between a person and their doctor and the, you know, in in this case, parents are, you know, who are helping their children, uh, guardians of kids. It's just, it's nobody's fucking business. You don't even have to know about it. Like, that's where you can, that's what you can do with your unfamiliarity. If you're not familiar, mind your business. Well, that's right. But that's the thing that's kind of wild, the that SB8 really has put into now firmly in place. And SB8, guys, is the anti-abortion bill from Texas that bans any abortion care after six weeks. And also there are a bunch of other things, by the way, that go along with it, like two ultrasounds, a 24-hour waiting period. Um, Yeah, like two appointments. Um, And... uh, and the kicker, the loophole, because today Rose still is standing, right? There's the um, case before the Supreme Court now, the Mississippi case. Right. And the Supreme Court, they're going to give their ruling on it probably by June, maybe late June. Okay. And... I was very, I was very um, honored that the, that Planned Parenthood asked me to do the, like the keynote opening speech with Alexis McGill Johnson, who's the now president of Planned Parenthood, who's also just like a fucking badass and so rad um, and so smart and everything. Um, But she was saying there's like a huge 
disconnect in what people are believing is going to happen and what like we basically know is going to happen. Right. I think she said 70% of people still don't think that Roe is going to be overturned in June. Right. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, they'll never do it. They're going to do I'm it. here to tell you it's about to be done. <laughs> right, right. And when that happens, this Mississippi ruling comes down from the Supreme Court, Roe will essentially be over. And there are 26 states that have trigger ban laws that immediately will overturn abortion in those 26 states. Right. And... Women and people who need abortions aren't going to stop getting abortions. Right. But what is going to happen is going to be a lot more deaths and right. it won't a be, lot more desperation. It won't be safe. People will be desperate. People will also probably get them later than they would have. Right. Making it more well, dangerous, more, more dangerous. Difficult. And, you know, it's just staggering to me, like, that these things are all happening. I, like, watched a little bit. Weirdly, the hotel cricket and I were staying in did not have movies. Oh. I, I got to say something. That's a real, that's a real miss for me. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, but so I was watching the like Screen Actors Guild Awards. No, the Critics Choice Awards. Critics Choice. Okay. Remember I won one once? I do remember. <laughs> I lost one once. <sighs> was it the same year I won one? It wasn't. I would have been so happy though. I would have hung out with you all night. No, it was just, just lost it in a bumper. It wasn't even an award that they gave out. It was just well, mine just... was mine wasn't televised, you know. <laughs> oh no! No, like my the entire that year was the whole thing wasn't televised. They, it was before they had combined TV and film. Got it. And they Got were it. separate, and so like the film was always because movie stars, but mine was just like in literally like the basement ballroom of the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh my god! I think that's so stupid because if you're gonna put something on TV, why would it not be TV stars? That's, well, that's the yeah, medium. I guess that, that the people yeah. watching. The message is the medium. Yeah. Anyway, no, but so um, I was watching the Critics' Choice Awards and Michael Keaton, like, right, like, I literally turned it on right when he won. And for Dope Sick? Yeah. And then I was like, kind of not interested in his speech. And I sort of zoned out for a second. And then he was like, voting rights, voting rights, voting rights, voter suppression. And he's right. He's right. Yeah. We're all right. Yeah. Like, it is all of these things. It's like the gerrymandering, the moving of the maps as they see fit. It's like a concerted effort by these Republican leaders of the of their party to, like, control everything for what I'm still unclear. Why they need all this, I don't know. Why they want to take the ability to live as you see fit away from everyone other than them. I don't know. 
I mean, they're just playing a different game. They're just, it's a totally, we will never know because we will never be those people. We'll never understand. I was on the plane with Karka going to South by Southwest. I was reading over all the research I'd been sent by Planned Parenthood and ACLU. And I like started crying. And this is like before, (laughs) before I went to the, one of the last abortion clinics in Texas and like talked with the service providers on Friday after the speech and before I went and like listened to like the members of the ACLU in Texas and the members of the trans community there who were like really like facing just uh, the most like insurmountable feeling. Yeah. Situation. Right. Um, And I was just like getting so like, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what is it that they want? What do they want? And I went back and I read that fucking Politico article again about the real origins of the religious right. It's an article from like 2014. Right. About Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson. Right. About how evangelical Christians didn't even give a fuck about abortion. In fact, they were in support of Roe. Right. And then they were having some taxing issues. Tax. Taxes, right, right. Some tax issues because their colleges, their their evangelical colleges were segregated. Right. Like, you know, and so they weren't getting their like tax breaks that they wanted. And so then they thought, well, if we got more politicians in there that believed in our segregationalist viewpoint, then we can get our tax breaks. Right. And they were like literally like just looking for an issue to hang everything on that right. they could get to motivate people. Right. Now, like anyone who grew up Catholic, hi, how are you? Same. And you know that like Catholics have like always been anti-abortion. And right. that's always been like a whole thing with Catholics, right? And that was no different. Like in the Catholics were very against Roe. By the way, not that Catholics didn't have all the abortions because they right. did. Right. Um, But... There was some like state senator election that got the attention of one of those guys. I think it was Pat Robertson because the guy running was like an underdog, but he was like a Catholic who was running on this like anti-abortion stance. And, And of the time, it was like sort of unheard of. Everybody like in the early 70s was very pro abortion because they had lived through the time of it being dicey where right. it wasn't it wasn't the law everywhere right and people knew women who had died or had gone through guys watch fucking dirty dancing come on right anyway and so and so generally speaking like everyone was like very happy that Roe was passed, including the evangelical Christians, minus the Catholics. So anyway, some Senate race or local, like a state senator race, state senator race, and the guy was like an underdog and he was a Catholic running on the, you know, basis of like, I'm going to get abortion outlawed here. And I guess like all these Catholic people like rally anti, you know, they were anti-abortion. They rallied around him. They papered all, you know, they just did all of this 
right? Work. They were motivated. They were motivated. And they did all this work and the guy got elected. And then that person from the evangelical, like, it's like a, they had like a, like a coalition, like evangelical Christian men's coalition thing. And he was like, abortion, let's try abortion. Right, right. Because they couldn't say segregation. Yeah, they're looking for like a lever issue that could exert some pressure. But the idea was that like, we can get these politicians elected on this thing. But really, what we really want is for them to continue to like, let us get our tax breaks because we're like segregating our schools. Right, right. Which by the way, didn't stand for them anyway. But at that point, the ship's sailed and now they're just so deep in the... Right. And it's like, we've had this talk a million times about how hypocritical it is because like, if these issues mean anything to you, if these words mean anything to you, if you truly are pro-life, then you would also have to be pro-children, pro-education, anti-war. And these people are none of these things. Anti-gun. Anti-gun. Yes, these people are none of these things. And so it's not accurate and it's hypocritical. And it's easy to see that that's all it is. It was a lever to like roll a a boulder uphill and accomplish, which that's like... I mean, politics, right? It's a big job, right? So you always ask, like, what kind of person would want to do this job? And are they really trying to serve the public or are they trying to serve a part of the public or are they trying to serve themselves? Those are the only three things really that a politician is ever doing. But I just think that when you see someone that is um, a single issue politician which basically like so many people on the right have made themselves single issue politicians, a single issue like abortion, you have to like dig a little deeper and you have to wonder what kind of public servant is this person trying to be when they're not being holistic and talking about, well, okay, so you want these babies to be born, then what? Then what do we do? But it's not just that. I mean, I put this on my Instagram. I mean, there are, the, like, re, this is real, really happening. Yes. Like, 12-year-old children in foster care who've been raped have to have these are pregnancies. Carrying pregnancies to 12-year-olds. Right. Who are children. Right. Who the state is supposed to be taking care of. Right. And now they fail there. Right. We can't take care of the fucking kids in foster care. Right. How the fuck right. are we going to take care of these babies that you're forcing people to carry? I'm going to tell you another thing that I heard from the healthcare workers at the clinic. Yeah. Which was something I never thought about. One of the nurses said to me, you know, I've had many women who feel forced to make a decision. And so they're like, okay, I'll just get the abortion. Right. As opposed to like, like, I'm just saying this in terms of like this ideological thing of like preventing abortions. I would not be surprised if this ban is causing more in some respects because 
people are like one of the healthcare workers who is like a patient advocate who works at the clinic was telling me, I've never seen, I've worked here for like, you know, over 10 years. Everyone now has their tracker app and they know immediately when their period is like, right. They, they're testing themselves before their period's even coming right? so that they can make it into the window of right. time in case. Right. Like, they're not, tr- they're not trying to get pregnant and they're not like, you know, planning, like they're not trying to have an abortion. Right, but they're, they're making just like, a decision under the gun. But they're just making, they're just like keeping such close track of right. everything so that they can like make sure that they're not pregnant. But like, also... It's just like the undue stress. Right. And they were also saying like, they've had women come in and they like, you know, there's a certain set of things, right? Like that they have guidelines that they're being forced to work within the parameters of. Right. And if the patients are like, you know, 5.5, they can't get the abortion. Right. Or like, you know, 6.5. Right. And as we know, all of these things are inexact. You can try, you know. So it's just, it's just too much. And again, it's just nobody's business. Like there's really, particularly the people that are making these laws it's none of their business what a woman and but they don't even fucking care. No, they they don't care about the twelve year old girl in foster care. They don't give a fucking shit about these babies being born. We know we know this. We know this because of the instances of mass shootings in this country and letting so many people in this country die of COVID when there were solutions available and. We know, and then, you know, you have to start to look at, well, like, who are the people who are pregnant, right? And who it's it's just, it's very, it's very, very frustrating that they're playing games with, because it is, it's, it's a game, right? Yeah. It's like, whether it's like a financial, a game for fi- financial power or just power, um, playing games with just regular people that are just trying to live their lives. And causing just... Honestly, this is just causing... This time is just causing trauma upon trauma upon trauma upon trauma. And it's hard. Your dose is a one of a kind at home spa experience at the intersection of wellness, health, and beauty. No. What? No. That's not good. No. Oh, Bertie didn't like that one, but you know what I do like, and you know what Bertie likes too? The infrared healing mat that we have from Higher Dose. Who also likes it? Gina. Yeah, Gina loves that. Our dog loves it. Our dog loves it. And you know what? It's fun for the whole family. It is actually. It's good for the whole family. You lay down. And for our babysitter. Our babysitter likes it too. Yeah. Listen, guys. Learning new things. And my friends. 
Everybody loves it. Infrared therapy supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, balanced mood. And as your core temperature heats up, your brain releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaves you feeling euphoric after your sweat session. For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, that's that's where you get this infrared PEMF mat. Recharges your cells to help you feel relaxed and grounded and rejuvenated. It's a very game-changing mat, combining the powerful technology of heated infrared with PEMF plus 20 pounds of healing crystals like amethyst and tourmaline. You know how I feel about that. We all want to look beautiful too. They have a new red light face mask, stimulates collagen production, activates glowing skin, reduces fine lines, regenerates cells. Why not use it while you're in your sauna blanket and get your whole infrared beauty routine done at once? Guys, get your own sauna blanket or your mat and red light mask today at higherdose.com. You can use the promo code BEST at checkout to save 15%. That's higherdose.com, promo code BEST, or just go to higherdose.com slash busy to save 15%. Ooh, upstart. Upstart, 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 upstart. I mean, guys, listen, here's what it's all about. If you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can really feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of Birdie and me trying to harmonize. Just kidding. A never-ending cycle of debt. An upstart can help you make the final payment so you can get ahead. So many Americans experienced financial hardship in the last year. Upstart can help you regain your footing and get things back on track. Upstart's the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with personal loans all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash best. That's upstart.com slash best. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash best. My weekend was really fucking difficult, you know, because I mean, it was okay in some ways, but like, like I said, I, we didn't, we weren't really like told of all of the asks that we were going to have press wise for the yeah. show. Yeah. But that's what I'm there for. I'm there to do right. that job. Right. right. But, um, you know, Cricket has a good friend who moved to Dallas last year. Yeah. And so I sort of like, that's why Cricket came with me. It was because I thought I was going to have 
way more time available to like hang with my friend and their yeah. ki- and the kids yeah. and but then you know once my schedule be- it became clear that I had so much going on right. I I made a common error of mine own <laughs> which is like I should have changed the plan. Right. And either like not brought crickies with me or figured out like if I could have brought a babysitter or two. Right. You know. Yeah. But I didn't do that. And so it was really stressful because I, you know, the Planned Parenthood, like the opening keynote with Alexis, like... I was really so like fired up to do it, but then like Cricket had to, had to end up coming with me to right. the thing. And she was, you know, hanging out with Karen from Planned Parenthood who she met three minutes earlier. And right. like, I was just, any working parent like knows this thing where it's like, it's not bringing your kid to work is not the move like you can't, like you can't you can't really focus on your shit when your heart of your brain is like right taken over by is my kid okay like right. what's happening right over yes. there yeah and and then like my friends I thought were coming in Friday but then they had like a change of plans and so then they weren't coming in until Saturday and I thought initially my panel, I thought I was like, oh, well, I'll probably need to leave around 1130 because my panel's like at noon or whatever. And then they were like, oh, no, NBC wants to pick you up at like 930 to do, to go to the Peacock Playground and (laughs) do all this press stuff and get these pictures and all that stuff. And like, again, that's fine. That's my job. That's like what I have to do. But then, so I was scrambling. It was raised last day. Right. And it was raised last day. <laughs> and it was raised. And it was raised. And it was raised last day. <laughs> Are you just laughing because I'm a fucking idiot? No, I'm laughing because I'm laughing because of the emails. Oh my God. You guys raised last day. Hashtag raised last day. Hashtag raised last day also became the hashtag of like my South by Southwest uh chain of my girls five of people because Many people got hundreds of those emails as well. Um, guys, we'll explain that in one second, but it was Ray's last day and um, he uh, found at the last sec, like he like helped me and found this babysitter at the last second oh, who good. came on Friday so I could go to the abortion clinic and Cricket didn't have to come along for that. Tag along. Not yeah. that it like literally, it literally just looks like a, like a, doctor's office. I mean, it's, it's just like, not fun for your kid. No, it's just boring. Yeah. And like she would have been and you're working. Yes. And yeah. And she actually had a really nice time with the 19 year old. Oh, good. Shout out to Maddie. Anyway. And so then Maddie that day, I was like, I, is there any chance you can come in the morning and hang out with Cricket? And Maddie, I'm in such a bind. Is there, are you, are, I know you said you're like booked tomorrow night. Is there any way you could come in the morning? And she's like, yeah, what time? And I was like, well, if you could be here by like 930, and then my friends, I think, will be here around noon. Yeah. And they can get cricket, right? 
So she's like, yeah, 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 sure. So hair and makeup, like 7.30, whatever, fine, eight-ish. And then it's nine and I'm starting to get dressed. Oh, and I had, and I texted her at like eight in the morning, Maddie, yeah, the babysitter. Yeah. And I was like, hey, uh, actually, it looks like we're supposed to be leaving the hotel at 9.30. So if you could get here at 9.15, that would be even better, right? Right. And nothing, like crickets, didn't oh, hear no. anything. And then at like nine, I texted again, or like nine fifteen, nine, yeah, nine fifteen, I texted again, or nine, I texted again, like, hey, just wanted to make sure you got the text from earlier, if you could be here by nine fifteen. And then at like nine twenty, I was like, oh motherfucker. Oh, no. And so then I called her, and she didn't answer. <gasps> and then I was no. like, oh boy, well here we go. It like, happens. Got to get cricket dressed and ready to go with me. To the Peacock Playground. Um, I mean, it has playground in the it's name. It's a little, yeah, it sounds fun. Honestly, that would have, she would have enjoyed that. It's, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. She would have enjoyed the Peacock Playground. Um, but then I called her again. Yeah. And it was like very clear that she had just kind of, maybe was just waking up or something. Oh, she's no. She's like a kid. Like she's yeah. in college. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm so, there's some sort of miscommunication with, I guess the, the, like I called my, the agency, like the babysitting agency. Yeah. And I guess they were told by your assistant that you didn't need anyone today. And I was like, no, oh, Maddie. No. no. I definitely <laughs> need someone right now. Like oh, no. this minute. And she was like, okay, okay, I'm coming. I'll be there so soon. Um, and, that wasn't Ray's fault. No. But it was his last day. <laughs> it, and coincidentally. Coincidentally. And the night before his last night, his last night, his last day, I kept pulling up the email just so I can read it. Oh my God. Um, the night, Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night, I'm sitting there and I had had like, you know, I'd gone to the clinic. Yeah. I came back. I hadn't, of course, hadn't fucking eaten all day, like per usual. Yeah. Just really boned it, you know, yeah. like with everything. And I was so like flustered and whatever, whatever. And I came back and then like Cricket was kind of like just exhausted from traveling. Yeah, and like sure. it just was exhausting. And she had been out and Matt, Maddie had like taken her out on for, you know, they'd walked around yeah. and like had a big time. And so um, she, I was like, let's go sit in the lobby. And like, I just wanted like a martini and food. A burger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't feel like sitting in a small hotel room. Sure. And eating it. Yeah. There. But Cricket was just like not having it. Yeah. Also, in Cricket's defense, it's the same hotel we stayed at when we did Busy Tonight there. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. But was the lobby a nightclub? It was, it was, I can see how it would become a nightclub by night. Yes. Oh, but was it that? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. But it I have like... stayed in hotels where the lobby becomes a nightclub. Oh and especially during South by Southwest, right. I would imagine. Well, it was a nightmare. And sure. 
It's a nightmare for an adult when the lobby of your yeah. hotel turns so into just, a nightclub. Yeah, she just was not, yeah. it wasn't the vibe. It was like the pool all over again. <laughs> it was like the pool all over again. It really was. It really was. I Now I understand. Yes, it really was. If there had been mocktails. And so she, so she was like, absolutely not. So I was like, just so worn out and so emotionally exhausted and so sad and yeah. so like don't know what the fuck is happening in this world, whatever. And also I'm a terrible mother. Like just, you know what I mean? Like not true. It just piled on. Like yes. it just all piled on. Yeah. I was going like through all of yeah, the things. You were feeling all the things. Uh-huh. And so I just like sobbed in the bathroom for like 10 minutes while I waited for my martini and burger to like be delivered to my room. And then I went and I opened my email. <laughs> <laughs> And all of these emails like started coming like fast and furious. Yeah. And they were all from Raymond Padilla. <laughs> um, and they were all re, 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 re. And it said, thank you for your email. After four incredible years, my time with Busy has come to an end. I can now be reached at blank. Someone from her team will be checking this email intermittently for any outstanding concerns. However, please redirect your specific request to the below contacts for a timely response. Thanks. And looking forward to connecting with you personally. Best, Raymond. Um, but something happened. <laughs> and he accidentally spammed. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that I've ever had, it is he essentially like replied all to every email for the last year. I, I would say, yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but I know that every email that I had been on a chain with, it went to everyone in the chain. Um, so everyone, I'll just say that I got several hundred of that email <laughs> and who called my attention to it was my son because he also <laughs> like works in and around <laughs> like I was doing something. So I saw that I got like three, four or five emails from Ray and I figured, oh, he's just, um, tying up loose ends. Sure. Sure. Forwarding you things you need. Yes, because, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then, but then my son was like, is <laughs> Ray okay? And I was like, what? And he was like, I just got like 40 of the same email. <laughs> And so I was like, oh no. And so then I looked and all of the emails that were coming in were, it was like my alerts were just alerting me to like batches of emails. And then Raymond was like, he was mortified by the way. Okay, wait, can I tell you though? So, so guys, so here I am in my bra, tears, <laughs> tears, tear stained face waiting for this fucking whatever, martini. burger and martini that I'm sure is going to be all the same temperature, right? Like in my tiny little hotel room, <laughs> crickets listening to some horrific YouTuber. At a certain point, I was like, is that PewDiePie? Because that he's anti... We got... What the fuck is happening? Yeah, I got to get some... Some, yeah, controls some parental on controls on that. It wasn't, guys. I just... Well, it might have been... <laughs> Okay, it oh, was. No. Okay. Anyway, the point being, I was just like, I had just like had it. Like it was just a day and I was just watching these emails come in <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is Ray's, like this, is this a bit? 
Like in my head, I thought, in a, in my head, I thought like, surely this is like a bit that oh, Ray no. that Ray is doing to me on my last day, and that's funny, I guess. Like I was <laughs> so like my point being, I didn't even text him to say like, "Hey, bud, what's what's up with yeah, the five hundred yeah. emails I just got?" Like, I just was like. Yeah, this tracks. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm, this is right. This is right. It was right. so funny. And then he was like, he was so mortified. And I was like, I texted you both because I figured like, I figured that. I thought maybe you were like busy doing something and, you know, what I, I don't know what I thought, but I was like. I was so grateful that you texted because then I was like, okay, right. <laughs> this is actually a mistake. I <laughs> I just thought like busy is so busy. And like, so I texted you both just to be like, but like addressed to Raymond being like, hey, Ray, I think something's going on with like your goodbye email. And I've gotten like a few hundred. And he was so mortified. And he was like, I'm uh, I'm trying to like talk to the email, like the guy that set up the email account for us and everything. And he was like, I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to like unsend it. And I was like, okay. But then he was like, texted me and was like, oh my God, I feel like such a ding dong. And I was like, it could have been so much worse. You could have sent like a thousand nude photos <laughs> of me, me or, <laughs> or a busy. Yeah. It could have been so, all it was, was Can like it, a nice goodbye it was email like, but like, that arrived a, a, a comical amount of times. A comical amount of times. Sarah Bareilles could not be a nicer human. And the next day was like, I was going to say, I, um, <laughs> I didn't realize it was Ray's last day, but I definitely know now. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And then Raymond was like, can you send me like a screenshot of all the emails? And I was like, there was like 300. I couldn't. Yeah, no. And so I just sent him like um, a recording of me scrolling through my inbox. Who did I sent? I sent someone a scrolling of me recording. I mean, oh my God, God, a scrolling, a recording of me scrolling through my inbox as well. Um, All this to say, I'm going to miss Ray so deeply. And like on Thursday when I was leaving town to go to South by or whatever, I like could not stop crying. And he's like, it's going to be okay. We'll still... And I was like, is it? Is it Ray? (laughs) (laughs) And I guess my question to you all is, is it? Is it? Well, here's the thing is that we still get Ray in our life. And he's still the best. And um, and now, like, we'll probably get to appreciate him on a whole other level because every time we talk, it'll be, you know, it. we won't have to be talking about shit like emails, you know? Yeah. We'll just be, just be talking about what's new with Ray and enjoying his very funny Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really funny. I wish him all of the things in life that he wants the most and he deserves them and should have them and has been such a good assistant and, but also just like has kept everything going. And it's been so weird. Like, I just don't even know, I don't even know how to like exist right now. Yeah. Cause I feel like he's just taking care of so of me like of so many things you know and I don't really have I don't know 
it's hard. It's hard. I was like going to say like, I don't really have the ability to do that for myself, but like, I know I do. It's just, I have a lot that is constantly going on in flux happening. Yeah. Even the whole kerfuffle today with the Disney thing. Like, I feel like if we hadn't been wrapping up Ray's job, like, I mean, there's just been a lot going on, you know? You guys don't know. There was a kerfuffle with some Disney tickets when I came in, but... I mean, kerfuffle is the understatement (laughs) of the century, but also like, but also just like, I also just feel, and like, I think this is probably like a very common thing that maybe women feel. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I just think it's probably just women. Like, I just feel like I can't fucking win and that I don't get like that, like, other women see it and other women, like, get it. Yeah. But that every other person that I come in contact with and my children are just like, do better. Like, you can just, you should be, you know, do better. You know, like, it's just never going to be enough for, like, everyone. And Well, that's the, that's like the adage, you know, like that, or is adage is probably not the right word. But, you know, people say that about, like, be sexy, but not slutty. Be smart, but not too smart. Be tough, but don't be a bitch, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I do think that there are not only like unrealistic expectations um, put on women, but just unachievable expectations. And I think that, I don't, I mean... Is it too much to say that, like, people forget to see the humanity of a woman sometimes? Because, like, you know, because, well, you're trying to do so many things, right? You're trying to be professional and do your job and be a mom and be a partner in parenting. And you're trying to be a friend to people and you're trying to, like, do this podcast and you're try- just everything. You're trying to do everything and you're trying to do your best at everything. And it's just like, how, how are you not gonna fuck up? A, at some point, you're gonna fuck something up. But also B, you also have to hear the reviews when like you just did okay. That like it could have been better. Like you're just saying, do better. You know what I mean? But it's also just like, Casey, Mark traveling with one of our kids on his own or whatever is just different than me. Yeah. Like, it just... Like, that's what I mean. Like, I just can't... I feel like... I don't fucking know. Like, I just feel like I just don't get... And maybe... I don't know if it's me, like, uh, but there, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Tell me if you think this is wrong or not. You know how, like, we always say, like, uh, a task that you have to do will expand to fill the amount of time that you have to do it. Or, like, my, the clothing that I own will expand (laughs) to fit. 
the space. I'm like a goldfish. Yes. I'm but like I definitely also a goldfish. I think sometimes mm-hmm. the person that you're with or the the person that you're in charge of will expand to fit the capacity of like what your limits are. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like a nicer way to say it is like people used to always tell me about my kids and, and, you know, and just about family in general. Like, I know it seems like it's really hard and like the, there's a lot of rough stuff going on and a lot of emotional stuff, but kids fall apart where they feel the safest. Right. Which like, okay, like I get that, that that's like a way to tell yourself like, oh, I'm there, I'm their safe space. And mm-hmm. I've been telling myself that about my family for uh, everyone in my family for a really long time. And also like, you know, being trusted, it means that you hear tough things, tougher things. But I just think that, you know, because of like who who you are and who you are as a mom and as a person, like everybody's trained in that and everybody knows who you are. And so they're going to take full advantage of the, what the amenities of having you as a mom, whatever that is, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Whether it means like, Oh, like I can fall apart and my mom will like, you know, try to pick up the pieces and put me back together. Mm -hmm. Or like I can forget, you know, my retainer and my mom will help me solve that. It's like the burden of the woman with like a giant purse who's always carrying everything or the woman who keeps like a fully, you don't know this because you haven't worked in many offices. There's always a woman in an office who keeps her like desk well stocked. And like, it's so (laughs) great. Everybody loves that lady, Mm -hmm. but it becomes a burden because everyone's coming to you for a tampon, for peanut M&Ms, for a quarter, for the parking meter, for extra manila folders, for everything. And it's like you make yourself indispensable and you make yourself like this many-armed superhero who can just like whip something out in the moment or whatever. But I just feel like it's a lot. And I feel like that's kind of like what being a parent is, but especially being a mom. Like everybody just expects you to be able to either solve it or manage it or comfort them. And then you're trying to do all those things at the same time that you need things solved and managed and you need to be comforted about things. And it gets to be a lot. You get to be like a real bare wire, you know? I am a bear on a wire. Is that, a thing? is that an expression? Is that a thing? I mean, I a bear feel like I've on a wire. Seen a bear walking on a wire yeah, before. A bear I feel like on that a wire. Must... Wait, God, I am. That's exactly <laughs> what I am. I'm a fucking bear on a wire. Holy shit! Just... I'm like a bear in a fucking tutu skirt <laughs> on a wire on a unicycle yes i'm a bear on a wire on a unicycle trying to look beautiful in a tutu bows in my fucking hair (laughs) trying to look pretty trying to be graceful and also trying to fucking survive trying to stay alive trying not to fall to my death yeah (sighs) that's what you are that's what you are right now Ooh, birdie have you ever been on a date and it's going well and then all of a sudden they drop a huge deal breaker. 
No, that's good. But hopefully you never will have to because thanks to the dating app, OkCupid, when you're old enough to get on it, you might never have to be in that situation because OkCupid finds people you're most compatible with. Here's how it works. The the OkCupid app learns what's important to you by asking you questions. Then the app's one-of-a-kind algorithm pairs you with people that care about what you care about, like puppies and reproductive rights and freedom for everybody. In fact, did you know that OkCupid is the only dating app in the world that lets you filter out singles that don't care about the issue you care about? From climate change to being pro-choice to LGBTQIA rights, it's time to find your person. Download the dating app OkCupid today. Today. Totally. Now. Right now. Boom. Listen, I'm so happy that mental health has become a part of a global conversation, not only in public, but also on a personal everyday level. Because learning how to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something that everybody wants. Many of us don't know even where to begin. New Mood is here to guide you to mental wellness and give you the tools you need to tackle stress so you'll feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. With New Mood, you'll take the journey to mental wellness one step at a time. Their guided approach teaches you the power of shifting your mindset in just a few minutes a day. Listen, I feel like feeling less tired, being more relaxed in public with friends, like that's the vibe, right? And that's what new mood can help you with. It's backed by science. The lessons are based on psychological principles that teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. They're robust. They provide you with a variety of tools and techniques to try out. And it holds your hand. It's a daily curriculum coupled with a one-on-one coach that guides and encourages you on your journey. Also, it's accessible and convenient. It's only 10 minutes a day. You can do it wherever and whenever. Listen, you are stronger than your stress. It doesn't get to control you. Equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to steer yourself to happiness. One size does not fit all, especially when it comes to mental health and well-being. So... You can navigate the program at your own pace or you can have the support of a coach along the way. As the experts in behavior change, Noom has helped millions of people through their weight loss program. So you know that they can help you tackle stress too. With Noom Mood, they're taking care of your mental wellness is empowering. Worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash best. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash best. But what I will say is, and I wish this for you, I hope this for you, is that I have entered into a phase in my life where... Everybody's pretty self-sufficient for the most part. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple things notwithstanding. Um, And 
you know, and I feel so lucky to have my family around me, but they would tell you that this is totally the case with me. Things that I would have jumped up to solve and answer whatever before, I just squint my eyes and say, I don't know (laughs) about like everything. That's literally all I say to my family now. And they're so... God bless them because they're so like, oh, I get what this is. It's not that she doesn't know and she's not trying to be mean. It's just that I have the power to figure out the question that I just asked. I know, but like I get from many people like, well, could you help? Right. I mean, I hope that that is not too much of a burden on you. And of course you'll help. But also like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard when you're, you're like a big family and you just have so much change going on and a lot of demands on you. And you're like living in hotels and Airbnbs and offices and just everything waiting to move into this house together. And I just feel like, you know, you're allowed kindness, you know, you're like, you're allowed, like people can want help from you, but you're allowed to be asked kindly and you're allowed to insist on that. I know that you probably won't because I think like a lot of times you want You just want to do it, you know, you just want to do it and you just want to respond to whatever, but it really, you know, it's okay. I'm going to try to say this as quickly as possible and not make a big long story about it because it's not much of a story, but there was a time when I was like working in the city and we're living in Connecticut and Matt was working, but he had like, he was working closer to home and he had the kids for the majority of the day. And then I was coming home and like my commute was just rough and it's just shitty to have to like go on the train. And like, I'm not, I'm not much of a city girl. Like I don't like to fight the city, you know? Um, I love New York city, but I don't like to like, fight the crowds and the just it's hurdles and hoops to get anywhere, you know? And, um, and I had a demanding job and it was really easy to come home and just immediately start. You know what I mean? Like Matt would immediately start, well, this is what happened and there's like this project Mm -hmm. and this is the, and, you know, and, I would immediately start like, this is what happened to my day, blah, 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 blah. And it was really hard. And there was also a time when it was the opposite, where I was closer to home and Matt was working in the city and he was coming home every day. And I had had the kids all day and I would notice that he would like say he was just going upstairs to like change his clothes, Mm -hmm. but he would spend a really long time up Mm -hmm. there. And just like, I was so desperate to have him take over, you know, and like, finally, like uh, some respite. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm stuck like down here doing whatever, still like an extra hour or whatever. And those are, those were like the things that we were doing. And it was such a habit and it didn't feel mean. It just felt like we were doing what we needed to do, but we weren't considering much what each other needed the other Mm -hmm. person to do. So anyway, 
long story long, I promise not to tell a long story, but long story long is that at some point, I think we just like made a rule that like when you came home, that the other person, whoever was there had to say, welcome home, you know, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like, welcome home. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to see you and, you know, and put your stuff down. Yeah. And, you know, but it is so fucking hard when you're a family, and especially now that your kids are like getting older and they have their own things and their own minds and their own places where they want to be. It's just really, really hard. And it's easy to forget that we all deserve kindness And like, you know, and it's really hard because it's hard when you have to insist on it because that feels like a weird thing, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yes. But I feel like you do deserve kindness and you deserve to be kind to yourself, you know, and you have to insist on that. Well, yes. I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of it, I think. Right. Right. You know, and I feel like I did such a good job. I felt like post Hoffman, like I had done that work was like really felt really solidified about right being kind to myself. And then, you know, I have watched it as it has walked right on out that door. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? Because it, that's what I'm saying about like family stuff is like, it's, you're just kind of like, everyone's a mirror, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't seem like it's out of pocket, right? When someone says, well, can you help or whatever? And that just seems normal. And then you probably respond like in the same tone with the same energy. You know what I mean? Like we're always just mirroring back to each other like the same energy but it's okay to like hit pause and be like if it seems like we're all kind of like tense you know and we're We're all all like we're all tired and have had our hearts stomped on by the world and like but regardless of you know well you know that your your family's safe place, right? We were just talking about that. You know that, like logically, you know, but it also feels good to have, to be told that, you know, that that your your family's safe place or your friend's safe place or whatever. And so I just feel like that you guys have just all been moving around and running around so much. And it doesn't surprise me that everybody is stressed out and that there was like a debacle over Disney tickets and, you know, but I think that also ties into like why you were crying and crying about Raymond and it being his last day because, well, this, oh, here I go. Another long story, but you know that I love to read like medical studies for fun you might read Glamour Magazine. I mean, it's nerd stuff, right? But I was reading a study recently about like acupuncture and acupressure. I've been really into like reading stuff about that. Do you that. like acupuncture? I've never had acupuncture, what? but Matt has had it for some issues and it's really helped him. So I was reading about acupressure because those are that's a thing you can like try yourself to like, you know, 
be more calm or help, you know, if your ankle's hurting or whatever, right. whatever. But I was reading this story about acupuncture and acupressure. And they were saying that, um, you know, they did this study and it was, you know how, you remember high school when you're doing experiments, how you have like a control and then you have like the group that's actually getting the treatment and the control is like a placebo so that you can, you know, see is the thing that you're trying actually working versus mm-hmm. is it like a psychological placebo effect. Mm-hmm. And so this particular study was saying that for whatever the complaint was, like let's say it was like lower back pain or whatever, like a hundred people were getting acupuncture, a hundred people were getting a sham treatment, a placebo treatment mm-hmm. designed to make them think that they were getting acupuncture. And it was like 15 minutes per week that they were going and um and getting this treatment. And so in the group that was getting the actual acupuncture, mm-hmm. they their backs did feel better. And much more significantly than in the placebo group, their backs were not feeling any better. But universally across everyone that was in the test, both the people getting real acupuncture and the people getting placebo, all said that they felt happier. And um, I think that just had to do with 15 minutes with a person saying, like, I care about you. Even if this isn't really helping, like your complaint I do care about you and I do and I am like focusing on you for 15 minutes. Right. And so I think that's why, you know, like having Raymond was like an act of self-care for you, you know, and just having someone who's like, I'm just here for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like even if things don't go perfectly, even if 500 emails get sent out. (laughs) Even, you know, but I'm here for you, you know, and that is like, that's a good feeling to feel like someone's there for you. But also like on the flip side, like being a mom and being in a family, sometimes being there for someone without like replenishing your stores of being there-ness is, you know, it gets you, it, it gets, it feels like, it feels like something's been worn out. You know what I mean? It feels like when your shoe's worn out and yeah. starts to hurt your foot or, you know, it just, it's a very raw feeling and it just seems like you're in a a raw place from, you know, through no fault of anything, just, you know, trying to live out of suitcases and... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. It's hard because it's like, you know, there's no break from it. There's no hiatus from like if your job's rough in TV, you're like, well, shoot, I have like the season's over and now I can just like get back to to centered, you know. But mm-hmm. when you're in a when you're in a family and with kids that are just at the ages that they they are, it's hard to like get your center because you just, you know, you just can't. No, you really can't. <laughs> I'm sure so many people listening can identify with just feeling like off balance and off kilter and like you can't catch your breath and you can't get anything on the right track. It just feels that way. It really does. But I'm here to say that as everybody gets older, as everybody gets more 
you know, self-sufficient, more (laughs) therapy, it can get better. And I really hope it does get better because you seem beat, friend. I feel real fucking beat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But you just deserve kindness. And I know that's hard because you can't, you know... You can't legislate kindness. Well, but in no, your family. And, and you can't legislate kindness, obviously, in this country either, because all people are fucking legislating is like fucking hatred. So it feels really like we're getting it from all ends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're just feeling it. Everybody's everybody's the... feeling it. And then there's a war. And it's like, I don't know. But I talked to two different people in Dallas. Not I wasn't in Dallas, guys. Austin. In Austin. I talked to two different people in Austin. Two women. Yeah. One of whom was like, and I said, like, what do you feel about like everything that's going on in your state and like everything that's happening and, you know, this guy using kids and women as like political pawns and whatever. And the first woman was like a woman who's like kind of, um, well, I mean, I like knew her from LA, but she lives in Austin now. Yeah. But I know she's like liberal or whatever. And she was like, yeah, you know, I just like put my head down. I mean, you just be, would be surprised. Like, I just can't like talk to anyone about anything here. And I was like, okay. Right. But I still didn't really, okay. It's just like nothing can really be done. So it's just like it is what it is, kind of. Right, right. The other woman was like a physician. Yeah. Who literally was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? A white, these are two white women. Yeah. yeah. Two white women. Yeah, I just decided like several years ago, I think it was like when Trump won, like I was like, I'm just not going to listen to the news anymore and I'm not going to watch it. I'm just not going to pay attention and my life is so much better. I'm so happy and da, 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 da. And I was like, it took, I mean, I didn't know this person at all. Right. And it took everything in my power to be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Right, right. I almost did, <laughs> which truly would not have been the move in right, the situation in I was that in. Situation. But like, I was floored. Yeah. And I know that like the people who are listening to you and I talk are obviously not head in the sand ostriches. Right. But just like these fucking white women, man. Well, I get it. Like, I get it. I am like, it is not lost on me that I'm a fucking annoying, loud, opinionated white woman. I get it. Right. I am. I saw slave play. I know. (laughs) I know who I am in that play. Right. But holy fuck. It's, is it surprising though? Like this entire, how, how much, how 
how much do we learn over and over again? We let ourselves off the hook with discomfort, you know? So that has to do with like, we're not going to teach. We're the history of our country. We're going to teach a whitewashed version of history because it's just more comfortable. And just, we all do it, I guess, to some degree, let ourselves, it's uncomfortable to feel discomfort, you know? And, and so that's a lot of the thing that, that we talk about all the time. Like sometimes you just have to sit in the discomfort or sometimes you have to say something that's uncomfortable to another person because in the long run, you're not doing them any favors by just not making yourself uncomfortable for that one moment. But it's, it's true though. We just let ourselves off the hook so much and saying like, yeah, but I just didn't want to start like a big thing. And, you know, and also like that makes me feel bad about my fragile feelings. And it's just, it's like such a habit now. And now I think it's just becoming really extreme where people are like, I am not going to feel any discomfort at any time. And like, I mean, I get it. Feeling comfortable is great, but other people don't have the luxury. And that's where it gets, you you know, you can get furious, you know, but I also am like, well, do I want to direct my energy at being furious at someone like that? Or do I just want to? Well, that's what I, that was my, the decision I made in that moment. Just picking your battles. Yeah. I also was like, well, if you were to ever pay attention, it's really, really bad. And, And, uh, and unfair. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really hard. That's, it's a, um, it's a catch 22 also in this country because like the, you know, this was like a big disagreement that I would have with like my favorite aunt who, um, who she would always say like, well, this is my belief. And that's, what's great about America is that I'm free to believe what I want to believe. And then I would be like, well, your beliefs aren't facts and here are the facts, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we would just get into it. And then I was like, you know, this is like a fucking lost cause trying to talk to this person about her beliefs versus like scientific facts. But that's also like the catch 22 of America is that everybody's free to do whatever the fuck they want. They're free to feel like they're exceptional because they're American and they're free to feel absolutely individual because they're American. So that's like the whole problem we've run into with COVID is that people are like, I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not getting a vaccine. And now we're like at a point where, you know, we're in like a, we're in like a little bit of a dip in terms, I think today, like LA has been in a little bit of a dip of COVID infections, but now I'm reading stuff where people are like Asia, Europe, they're already spiking again. I have a friend in France who I talked to today who has COVID. President Obama has COVID. I know. Where was he? I don't know. And like, you know, but, and it doesn't even matter, but I'm just saying like, we, we, um, personal freedomed ourselves into like an ongoing pandemic right now. Also just FYI, I do want to point out it's, that's around the world. Yes. Everybody is doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Like it's also possible to me that everyone is 
so fucking over the pandemic period. And the latest strains seem for people who are not um, immunocompromised, for people who like, who are over the age of, you know, getting vaccinated. Right. Like it seems to be less. Seems to be. Seems to be less intense. Although my friend Robin, who just had it, was like, so fucking sick. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, who knows, but I just feel like that's, you know, that's part of the problem is that like people, you know, everything is a, a, a choice in including being, well, it's not because some people don't have a choice. That's the point of like how unfair it is and how, you know, it's, it's, fucking fascist but then you have to pay attention to like who is given the luxury of choice and like can you imagine that must be nice to just be like oh i don't have to pay one bit of attention to any of this it will not affect me i'll be fine and it's just it's a wild world so that's like you know i love america i really do i feel very fortunate that this is the country I was born in and where I grew up, but it really fucking sucks in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And the only way that's ever going to change is if people who it doesn't suck for get uncomfortable and listen to uncomfortable things and inconvenience themselves. And like, you know, it's just like, Every fucking time you hear about like a protest about how people are like, they're blocking a bridge, you know, and like, and why are they punishing everyone because they're mad about such and such a thing? And it's like, that's the point of protest is to like inconvenience people. That's how you get attention, whatever, whatever. All of those same people that didn't understand why you would block a bridge for a just cause are now suddenly fine with blocking bridges now that truckers don't want to get vaccines that they don't have to get anyway. Like what? Like it's, it's the hypocrisy for me. It's the constant hypocrisy. Yeah, same. Exhausting. And like, it must be, I mean, I truly mean, and I don't think it is nice. I wouldn't want to be that type of person, but it must be nice to just like be able to be like, oh, this doesn't affect me and I feel fine about it. I sleep fine. I agree. That was my thought when I was like looking at this woman. I was like, is there any part of me that would like trade? Right. And, and you wouldn't. I don't think I would. I you don't wouldn't. Think I could. And it's just the same as us saying, like, uh, we will never understand what the point is of these making these draconian laws that are power. It's power. It's power. And like, but you know, but that's like that's always. We've always said, like, oh, if we get power, like our whole goal has been to like share power, so it shouldn't <laughs> be a surprise that no one will fucking give us any. You know, like, that's not what you're supposed to do with it. Well, that makes me sad, Casey. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you I know, mean, like, right. you know. It, it, She's it, right. It just. It, She's right, guys. <laughs> we're just not choosing the easiest path. So we can't be surprised when, you know. Okay, guys, here's what I'm going to leave you with. Because whatever. I'm beat the fuck down, but yeah. I did my best. You know what I mean? I really did. I tried so fucking hard. I really tried. No one gets it right. We're all supposed to try. It's one of my favorite lyrics. 
the real truth about it is almost no one gets it right. But the real truth about it is we're all supposed to try. So fucking good. Sad <laughs> that guy died. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. <clears throat> I'm sorry if you're exhausted. I'm fucking exhausted too. We have to do stuff. So if you can donate to... An abort, like a abortion funds, abortion network, yellow fund. The like, just because, honestly, that's what Alexis McGill Johnson suggested in our talk. That the most important thing is like being able to provide funds for people who would need them to travel in order to get the abortion care that they need. Um, that's fantastic. If you could do that, a monthly donation, a big donation, do a fucking yard sale and donate the stuff, whatever. Then number two, um, Trans Texas needs help and you could donate to Trans Texas you could also like maybe follow some wonderful trans people online and understand that they're like people yeah. <laughs> that are rad and living their lives the way that it was intended for them to live their lives. And if you have questions about like the binary, I do think that Jonathan Van Ness's Getting Curious HBO show yeah. where he talked, where he does like an episode about it. Yeah. I think it's like a really nice thing for people to like get an introduction into like maybe some questions they might have and they feel like stupid to ask. They don't right. want to be, they don't want to feel dumb. Right? right. So anyway, watch that. Cause I think it's really good. Maybe, you know, everything in that case, again, I suggest you donate more money. Donate money. Well, everyone can do something. I know a lot of people don't have a lot of extra money to share around right now. Well, the other thing I was going to say is that there are lots of politicians they, there's elections yes. are coming up and like, this is, this is crucial. This is actually crucial. Right. Like phone banking works. Yes. It works. Mess it, as Pat Robertson realized when that state Senator won, because all of these people motivated and went out and like hit, hit the sidewalks and campaigned for this candidate. Right. Back in the day. Like I'm going to be doing it. Like I'm going to be working for Beto in Texas. I'm going to be working for Stacey Abrams. Like I'm going to be doing and not just like stuff like I'm a celebrity stuff. Like fuck that. Like, I mean, I'm going to literally do the phone banking and canvassing. Yeah. Phone bank, by the way, phone it's banking really is easy. so fun. It's Wait, fun. I and love it's, it. It's fun and it's really easy. It's easier than it's ever been before. You don't have to go to like a certain location in every case. You can just 
you know, get hooked up with a campaign and do it right from home. And you don't have to do it for hours and hours. If you just have time to make a few calls, you can do that. Everybody can do something. But it does, as Busy was saying, it does require like a little bit of homework. You know, you just have to figure out what's going to work for you. And so there are lots of ways if you don't, if you're having a hard time making ends meet, well, we is, yes. hear you. Here's the, here's like another thing I was going to say is like, yeah, the uncomfortable thing, like sitting with being uncomfortable, I fucking get it. And I get people are like, I can't, I need a break. Like take the break that you need, cry, eat the burger and have a martini <laughs> and then like make, you know, five phone calls. Um, I just want to say this, like this is something that, this is the research that I did on the plane. And then by the time I had landed, it had changed. Yeah. Okay. But... There are currently, since the start of 2022, since the beginning of this fucking year. Yeah. And this probably has changed because this was like four days ago. There are over 300 anti-abortion bills being proposed in 41 states. Right. New regulations and bills and laws like being proposed, some of which are, some of which, yes, will get struck down like yeah. immediately because they're preposterous. Some of which will stick. Many of which will stick. We know that like politicians like to sign these fucking weird things in the middle of the night, you know, when nobody's watching, they think right. we have to watch. Over 300 in 41 states. There have been over 260 anti-LGBTQIA slash anti-trans bills introduced in 42 states since the start of this year in two and a half months. Right. This is like an actual fucking crisis. And combine it with the fact that these politicians are working their fucking hardest to suppress votes, to make sure people can't vote, and to change the fucking voting laws to ensure that they stay in power. It's all a part, a piece of a thing. They're counting on the fact that we're exhausted. They're counting on the fact that we want to break the fuck down. Right. That's the, that's, that's the, the whole point. deal. Yeah, that's is the that point. They're breaking the spirit. They're trying to break your spirit. They're trying to make you go, you know what? I just turned off the news. It just got too sad. Things were just too hard. And I felt like I couldn't make a difference. So I just turned it off. That is the point. They are overwhelming us on purpose. And yes, Casey's totally right. Listen, if you don't have expendable income, I feel you. I feel you. But here's you Alabama residents tell lawmakers to vote no on HB 266 and SB 184. Arizona tell lawmakers, Arizona's a big one. Tell that fucking asshole Ducey to get his shit together. Arizona, I don't know what's going on with you. You're a state at war with itself. <laughs> at odds with yeah. itself. 
It's a state trying to push forward. This is the thing. All of these states have the, as our friend Shintira Jackson said, they have the numbers for good. Our country has the numbers for good. Whenever anyone does a poll asking if people are generally in support of like rights for LGBTQIA plus people, if people, if Americans are in support of abortion, if Americans are in support of gun control, if Americans are in support of universal health care, universal basic income, these are all things that it'll always come back like anywhere from like 55 to 75 percent of Americans are in favor of in general. It's 80% right now, just FYI. 80%. These are all things that like, but that's like saying like, yeah, if someone just handed it to me, I'd be in support of it. You know, like I would, but what we're saying is it, no one's ever going to just hand it to any of us. And it fucking sucks because, you know, well, like think of your parents, your parents who fought for this stuff in the first place and they have to live and see these battles being fought again. Like, I get it. I get it that it's exhausting. I'm exhausted. But I also know that I remember going to work one day and just thinking it was a regular day that was going to be filled with the day's regular disappointments. And then like a thing that I never thought would happen in my lifetime, gay marriage was legalized. And so that is just, you know something that I always keep in mind that it's just, it's, and just like that, gay marriage was legalized. Something that I didn't think was going to happen. And it can happen the other way too. Something can be taken away just like that. And so it's, it's constant. It's talk about like a state at war with itself, a country at war with itself. And yeah, I mean, they're trying to fix the game so that well, they've they've been and they have they've and by the way like oh god you know the expression he who smelt it delta yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i think about these these guys yeah yeah well do you want to say what you're doing your best at do you feel like there's Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I'm trying to like make space for myself. I'm trying to like identify the places where I literally was like, oop, that's a thing I already know. Like the cricket component. Yeah. Like, oop, I knew that. And I, I knew better. And I sort of let the chaos of the week take over. And yeah. then I was like, it's too hard to right. like change around everything. But what was really too hard was like bringing my eight-year-old to yes. such an intense fucking weekend. Yes. And uh, yeah. And I, I knew Mark would be annoyed. I knew Birdie would be annoyed. And I knew Cricket would be disappointed. And I didn't want to deal with that discomfort. Right. But instead I had a whole host of other discomfort that was like hard for me to manage because I was, I had to be a mom. Right. The one silver lining, if I can give one, is that we watched Turning Red. Yes. 
and it gave me like joy and hope. And I would love to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe we can try to book her. Let's invite her. You guys, we have so many people that we want on the podcast, but how? (laughs) You know what we could do? I guess maybe, but we could just do that. Invite, like have a time and book people. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what most people do. That's how most people do it. But you know, it's just, I've been working on the TV show. We couldn't do it then, but now it's, yeah. So, um, so that, I think I'm doing my best at that. What about you? Um, well, you knew about this for a long time, but I talked about how I went to New York and interviewed for a big job and I did not get that job, no. I learned. Um, but it's it's like one of those things where it would have been life-changing um, in some ways, but it also would have been life-changing in like some really hard ways. Like I would have had to leave my family and go be in New York because I'm not going to ask them to move again because um, they all just have just recently moved. Um, so, you know, so I really had to like deal with that discomfort. And it was kind of funny because it just was like, you know, it was so nice to be considered for this job and to have people recommend me for this job. Important people, everyone's important, but like powerful people recommended me for this job. And so it was very cool to go and to have the meeting and, um, And then I just had to like laugh a little bit about it because it's like a whiplash, right? You're like getting so much attention and you're talking to so many people and calls are flying back and forth. And, and then like, I just, you know, it all ended with like an email saying we're going in another direction. And I was like, that is the most hilarious phrase in the world to me. (laughs) Like there is no better way to say it. Like the person's just trying to say it in the nicest way possible, but going in another direction is a phrase that I hope I hope whenever the answer is no for me that someone always says we're going in another direction because it never fails to make me laugh like I fully get that all the time when I don't get jobs yes going in a different direction yeah and I'm like away from me <laughs> the direction that they're going is not <laughs> is, towards you it's not towards it is actively away from you it's so it's so funny because it's like it well it's like I had this big conversation with my husband about it, about how it's like meant to be like a softer version of what they're trying to say, but it only ever means one thing. And it means like a hard thing, you know? So is there usefulness in saying that softer version? Yes, because it makes me laugh every time we're going in another direction. I also though, like, it's not untrue. And like you and I hired people. Yes. And we know that. It's so true. And yes. And we know that like we did not hire super fucking talented people. Yes, just because they weren't right for the thing. And I totally, I totally, totally get it. But also I... Okay, I want to say two things in tandem. Number one, not getting a job sucks. Rejection sucks no matter what. Yeah. It does. It just hurts. Yeah. Number two, rejection is God's protection. <laughs> and that is a fact. I and feel, I believe that. I feel like I've learned that from Real Housewives. And I feel like it's something maybe maybe Miss Patty LaBelle, I've heard her say. I mean, I've said it. It's so yeah. true though. Yeah. Um, so that's good. But also I had a nice thing. I hung out for an afternoon with some of my friends from Letterman because they were taping like, um, 
David Letterman has like a YouTube channel now and they're putting old clips up uh, from his show. And so uh, they came to my house and taped me like talking about some behind the scenes stories that. that I had. And it was so fun and so fun to see my friends. So I think that's like turned my week around seeing those people that I love Walter Kim and Barbara Gaines two of my favorites and um and then also um I joined Cameo as you said <gasps> I know and I'm so excited and we by the way Sammy <laughs> the girl from Cameo was like oh my god thank you for Casey. She's already booking like crazy. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's so nice. So thanks to everyone that ordered um, videos and I'll be sending them. Um, you really have to like psych yourself up to do it. I love doing it. Do you? Yeah. My favorite time to do it. And I'll just, I'm just going to offer this to you. May I offer this yes, to you? Yes, please. So it's a Hoffman Institute thing. Remember? <laughs> um, I like to do them in the morning, like right after I have my coffee and I'm feeling oh, like okay, yeah. a little tired, but a little awake. Okay. Like All ready right. to talk. Got it. But a little like still like fresh. Got it. And then you can only do in my feeling. Yeah. You can only do like four Four at, at a time. time. Yeah. Because okay. otherwise then you're just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Because gets... also we, you and I are just different. Yeah. And like, I feel like we have like personal things to say to people. Yeah. And then that can be draining. Yeah. Yeah. In ways both good and bad. Well, because you want to make sure that you get it right. Yes. And then that's like, it's like, um, you know, it's like doing a little bit of like, like taking a test or doing a floor routine or <laughs> I'm doing a lot of floor routines lately, but you know what I mean? Like you sure. want to do your best and you want to get it right for that person. So you're like trying to have all your cylinders firing. And then after you're like, well, you need to rest. Yeah. I mean, you just also just need a break because your your brain needs to stop from having a one-sided conversation yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And yeah. then you can have another one-sided conversation. Yeah. Can you hear that? Squeaky. There's like, it's, um, I think there was a, there was a man going through the gate. He looked official. Well, he didn't look. They got to fix that pool heater here. <laughs> I, t- I told these the rental people, I'm very disappointed. We've lost a day of pool time. A day of pool time. Not acceptable. Mm. Well, whatever, guys. I mean, it could be worse, right? <laughs> well, it looks like some somebody is working on the pool back I there. Know. So I know. I know. I know. Him. It's Sam. <laughs> okay. We've been talking all day. Anyway, um, guys, I hope you've been doing your best this week. Shit's heavy out there. But it's not without hope. I do want to say that. It's not without hope and it's not without action. And like, and I said this to Meredith because I know I'm like, I know who I am, right? Like, I get it. And I know that other than being like a sort of loud white lady, like I can be really bossy and really pushy about things when I feel really passionately about them, you know? And I think sometimes people in my circles are like, oh, here comes Fizzy talking about abortion again. <laughs> right. Or, you know. Yeah. Gay rights. Oh, trans equality. Okay. I mean, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you just know yeah. when you're kind of bugging people with yeah. your like, hey guys, anyone want to go to this thing with me? Right. But right. you know what? Don't fucking stop. Like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I just think like, who fucking cares? When you, I, this is why I think this. And I'm just going to, okay. Because when you sit across from like the mom of a, a little kid who's like 
terrified. Right. Everyone's in tears. Right. Because the kid just wants to be able to live her life. Right. And the mom just wants to be able to support her kid. Right. Then you're like, okay, I can be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. When you hear about women who are forced to like take a fucking airplane to get an abortion. Right. Right. And they're like, I don't really have three days I can take off of work. Right. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, I guess I can like be annoying about it again to my friends (laughs) and remind them. Right. Well, that's, you know, that is, you're sitting with your discomfort of feeling like annoying people are over, you know, what, what you're trying to, but it's also like, you're right, you know, and, and those people, like if they were to sit with their discomfort a little bit, maybe they could figure out why they find it annoying and, you know, and get to the bottom of that. Like that's all, that's all you're ever asking from someone is to like, give it some thought, you know, and that these are things that deserve some thought. So, you know, it's, it's not easy and it is heavy and everybody deserves to have some peace and especially people that are, you know, life is already hard. So, you know, all you're asking is for people to like maybe give up a little of their peace to make more peace for other people. Yes. You know, and so that seems fair. But again, like everybody's free to free to do what they want. And that means that you're free to keep being annoying. I think that's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> free to be, you and me, annoying. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. We love you. We'll talk keep to up you the good soon. Fight. Bye. 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 Oh, no.